Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. And today we are talking about endings. Hello, everybody. Welcome again. And like I said, today we're going to be talking about how do we deal with things coming to an end? And how do we handle feelings like nostalgia? Uh, where's the holiness in these things? And... Uh, yeah, am I missing anything? I mean, I'm sure we're going to add things to it. Yeah, things yeah goodbyes. Like Opening thoughts? Yeah, originally we were going to do just nostalgia, which is how I think we're going to start the conversation, but it was hard to talk about nostalgia without talking nostalgia or nostalgia? Nostalgia. Which one's worse so I can say it? <laughs> nostalgia or nostalgia? I feel like nostalgia sounds... My name's Alec, not Alex. So I'm going to go nostalgia. 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 <laughs> get really nasally. Yeah. Um. It's hard to talk about nostalgia without talking about endings as a general thing because a lot of times the thing for which we are feeling nostalgic is the end of something because we don't have it anymore and it's the nostalgia. So we wanted to kind of make this more broad. But to begin with, nostalgia. Do you have a definition of nostalgia you'd like to use? Uh, I think when I looked it up, it was something along the lines of a affection towards things of the past or something like that. But I think yeah, something along those lines where you where you look back on something that is from the from your past. I almost just said when you look back on something from the past with with affection, <laughs> which is just the reverse of what I said. What the definition was. So yeah, that's the definition that I would probably say it was. I think Miriam Webster knocked it out of the park on that one. <laughs> I don't say that often, but I, yeah, I, I doubt Webster contributed. That was all Miriam. <laughs> that was all. That's classic Miriam work. <laughs> yeah, and I guess. I think that works because my other first thought is my other first. My next thought is that <laughs> my uh, other first thought. <laughs> so your second thought. I had them all immediately at once. Uh is that the affection can be for something good or bad. So it it is affection. It's not looking back at something positive necessarily that you miss, but there may still be affection even if it isn't something good. I think oftentimes even it isn't something good. That's, I think a lot, I mean, kind of we can jump right into it, but I feel like a lot of people look back on their life with nostalgia towards like sin, particularly in their life, which I didn't even think about this when we were, when I was looking, thinking about what to talk about here, but this is a big one and I could feel the passion burning yeah. inside of me because that's something that is very prevalent, I think, amongst circles of friends, of people who, you know, have given their life to Christ and are trying their best to live a holy life, but we all know when the stories start flowing, it's like, oh, back in my pre-conversion days or, you know, and I used to like, yeah, just the very, even with the term pre-conversion, just drives me up a wall. Uh, at Franciscan, they would always say like, as a joke to make fun of it, like they'd say something dumb and they'd be like, oh, this was PC, of course, right? PC, pre-conversion. <laughs> uh, but that's a real thing, right? You look back at your past sin with like a lot of affection and that's, that is a tough thing to, that's a tough hurdle to jump in holiness in general, because I think we have way too much affection for sin in general. Uh, especially sin that we've done in the past. And if it's something that we maybe, if we weren't like following Christ or trying to follow Christ, we would definitely still be doing. Yeah. I think that's the difference, right? Between following the words I don't want to use our commandment, but like following God's commandment and loving God's commandment, because there's a difference between following his will and choosing it choose yeah and and loving it because you can do it and this is what we've talked about with running away from something or towards something it's it's one thing to 
be afraid of hell and it's another thing to long for heaven yeah and i think it's similar with the sin here where if we are just like you know we know it's wrong but we still we still kind of like it is very different from we know it's wrong but not only that we love what we have we love the good with which we have replaced that sin yeah and i don't know if there's probably some people who never really even jumped that hurdle. And I think, I mean, I, something I still struggle with, uh, I jump back and forth <laughs> in some things. I'm if all I've about made it, it at all. <laughs> and there's some things I'm not because you look back on these, these sins. And I think a lot of us, we like sin. And I know that that's a big struggle with a lot of guys, myself included and girls and everybody, particularly I'm talking about the kids that I work with in uh, high school, um, who are struggling with purity as, many people do as I have and still do. And (laughs) same. And it's because we want to love Jesus, but like, also I really like, I like the sin, right? Sometimes I like Jesus more. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes I, I just feel too much positive affection towards something that is bad. And I think that important part of this is just to ask for God to uh, give you his eyes when it comes to sin, to see it for what it really is. And if you are, if you find yourself feeling nostalgic for a sin of your past or uh, a state of life that you were in, know that that's not from God. And that's obviously something that is hindering your holiness and therefore ultimately your fulfillment. So to ask for the eyes to see these things as God sees them, as opposed to how the world may see them or how your friends see them or as the people who you used to hang out with see them and uh, try to you know hate sin as much as God does, right? Because God hates it a lot. So we should as well. Yeah, that's always interesting that we we are supposed to hate sin. You know, it kind of feels like, no, you can't hate anything, but no, you can. Nostalgia is truly one of the great human weaknesses, second only to the neck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that reminds me. I actually had a friend named Sebastian who used to say, seaweed's always greener in somebody else's lake, you know, and so it's just really (laughs) nostalgic. I think there are times that we don't remember, like you're saying, sin for what it was. And we almost kind of like to stew in that feeling. So it's kind of like revisiting anger and like you kind of like to get worked up about a past argument or something. And the same thing for jealousy here. So we're like almost fondly remembering the feelings that got stirred up with the jealousy. And we're nostalgic for those. Yeah. And I think I think there's going to be a decent amount of like follow-up episodes to this maybe. I'm thinking of at least two. One on probably regret one on probably loneliness and how like a lot of that is that spurs these kind of feelings. But I think there is something there to We, especially when we're in a period of loneliness or feel in a feeling in the quote unquote desert uh, where we want to feel something. Right. And we go back to past flames, if you will, and past, like you said, revisiting old arguments, revisiting old angers, because it, it stirs something in us, which I think, you know, we feel maybe lacking in the moment. And that could also be dangerous. I think it, it's something that, could probably for similar reasons as we were just talking about where it's not good to dwell on things that are bad, obviously, and we shouldn't be attracted to things that are bad. We shouldn't be attracted to that feeling of jealousy that we had or that feeling of anger, you know, unless, I mean, anger can be good theoretically, but like, especially, but if it's a uh, like jealousy, there's, there's never really a good time for it. And I think we see it a lot with like love and affection, right? Like I said, revisiting old flames. I think people oftentimes they will go back to, instead of like trying to push forward they will text somebody who they haven't talked to in a long time because it's like, oh, there's something there. Or maybe even not even somebody who they necessarily dated, but somebody who they like maybe almost dated or 
whatever it is. And that's just, it's a dangerous place to be because it's just always in a constant state of looking back when I think the holiness is not back there, right? You can't be holy in the past or at least holier than you were theoretically. There's no new holiness to be found. Yeah. Do you think when you said there's no time for jealousy, is there such a thing? And I have an answer. (laughs) Uh, Is there such a thing as jealousy of someone else's holiness? that could be righteous positive. envy <laughs> righteous envy what is that what is it you said you had an answer yeah people uh, people, people talk about righteous envy and i honestly i don't know if i formulated an opinion on it yet <laughs> so what my first thought is is that that's not really jealousy at all but it's like admiration and so we should admire people who are living a holy life i mean this is what we do a lot of times with saints like we admire the things that they have done the lives that they've lived and we hope that it inspires us to do the same. I think maybe we it may start as jealousy, but we can mold it into admiration, which is at the core of it and is a good thing that can spur us into living a holy life. Yeah, and I think the key to that too is obviously humility, right? Is the because I think for envy and jealousy to take root, I think there's there's a necessary component of I want what they have. I don't care if they have it anymore, right? I almost, I want what they have, and I don't want them to have it. And I, w- I don't want to say like that's always the case because I think it's possible to be envious and still be like, they can have theirs, but I also want it as well. It's sorrow at another's good, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorrow towards another person's good. And so I, if I have that good, that means that they don't. And so I think, yeah, if, with the humility to understand, I think if you look at the, the litany of humility, right, that last line, uh, that others may become holier than I provide, that I may become as holy as I should. I think is, is good if you are attracted to this person's holiness and it inspires you to want to be as holy as you possibly can be, accepting the outcome that you may never be as holy as them. Because that's very true. I mean, we all know that we're not going to be as holy as Mary. And for it... From the get-go, From right? the get-go. It's, it is impossible. Um, pretty sure St. Joseph's probably off the table. <laughs> John the Baptist probably off the table. Peter, maybe. You know. <laughs> he messed up. He messed up sometimes. So yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's kind of the, the the line to draw with nostalgia in general is is it something that's inspiring you to go forward or is it something that's causing you to dwell in the past? Because I think a lot of people, just in like a psychology world where people can become shells of themselves, where they just are always living in the past, and that's obviously very toxic to the human mind if it's not inspiring them to go forward. But to revisit past memories that are good that inspire you to go forward, or even sometimes visiting things that are maybe that are bad with disdain, right? I guess that technically rules out nostalgia, but so never mind. <laughs> um, but flip side. Yeah, but to look back fondly on a relationship that you had with somebody and that inspires you to want to go and mend that relationship that is now broken or start new relationships in a similar fashion or maybe you look back on a relationship at a point in your relationship with God and say like, I, you know, God is calling me back to him. Uh, not back to that moment, back to you know, back to himself in the future moment, but uh, or in the present moment, more importantly. Yeah, to bring that relation, this the status of that relationship back, and thinking also to pray for that other person or to pray thanks that that existed in the past. Right? It's not that we need to ignore our past or forget about it. Rather, you can look back on it fondly and thankfully, because there are things that were blessings that we want to be thankful for and not forget. I struggle with people who say like, never forget your roots. 
I don't really get that. <laughs> I was actually just joking with Cody for the past like month about this because uh, there's a country song. Uh, I can't love you more than my hometown. I think it's called my hometown or whatever. Are you familiar with this song? I'm not. Uh, it's not good, right? <laughs> I mean, the sound of it's fine if you're into country music and it's kind of textbooky country. But the whole premise of the song is that like he loves this girl more than like anything in the whole wide world, but he can't date her. He can't follow her to wherever she's going because he can't love her more than his hometown. And so he like, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, in the words of one of our friends from, uh, college named Seth, he says, that is so disordered. <laughs> uh, it is very disordered, obviously, but I think going back to you, you know, you can't forget about your roots or whatever, but it just made me think of that. Yeah. I can't love you more than my hometown. <laughs> I think this is some, this whole idea is something that I have felt pretty passionate about ever since college because so at franciscan there is they have the study abroad program in austria and on top of that also at franciscan because it's a school that people travel to from all over the the country and even outside of the country that school is a very good place in the sense that you are constantly having to adapt say goodbye and like deal with loss not like you know super tragic loss but people transfer in transfer out people graduate and you never see them again right there's a lot of people who I, at the time when I graduated, considered good friends, who I have not seen since and probably will not see again until God willing in heaven. And there was people like that from uh, every year since I was a freshman to when I graduated. Uh, And then on top of that, there was that Austria study abroad program, which was just an amazing experience, probably one of the best experiences of my life. But the thing is, is it's, it's only four months where you're studying abroad and you're living in community with all these awesome people, uh, you know, masses ingrained into the day a lot of travel to really beautiful places the place where you're going to school is beautiful just the whole experience is is really special but it's four months and then it crushes people when they leave and i would always get so frustrated because it's like you guys are missing the opportunity to learn such an important value here of learning to say goodbye and learning to like put a capstone on something and walk away from it and it all came to it the the forefront in this line that everybody would always post on social media with the last picture they post and they'd say like, buy so the, the place that we studied, it was called Gaming, Gaming Austria. And they'd say like, buy Gaming, left a little, little, left a little piece of my heart with you. And, uh, you know, or like visited Prague, left a little piece of my heart there. Right. My, my, you know, I'll, I'll just never be the same. And it used to drive me up a wall <laughs> and it still does to this day. I mean, I think I have, gotten over it maybe a little bit more and people always would say eddie you're getting so nitpicky the point is basically the same but i was like no everything matters and just how you (laughs) phrase this sentence you should not be leaving your heart in places you should be taking this is going to sound like super cheesy and hallmarky right but you should be taking places with you in your heart because um holiness in general is now right the only virtue you can learn is the virtue that's sitting right in front of you right now if you don't want to learn to be patient while you're driving in traffic you don't want to learn to be patient, right? Uh, the only, yeah, like, like I said, the only virtue you can practice is the virtue that you are faced with right now. So, um, and that requires 100% of your attention, to be honest, right? To be to be holy is to be present into the ways that God wants to work in your life in this moment. Um, and so to say that like, oh, part of me is over there and part of me is over there, part of me is over there is such a wrong way to look at it, I think. I think the way we need to look at it is, I learned something there, right? There are things that I take with me and they, they are with me now. And I am the person who I am because of the time I spent in Gaming, Austria and the time I spent at Franciscan and the time I spent working at the place that I work. Um, 
you know, and this is also kind of coming up recently too. I think the reason why we're doing this episode now is because as we talked about in the update episode, Bobby is moving on and I've worked with him for longer than I was in college at this point, right? We've been working for over four and a half years together where I'd see him every day and, um, well, walk into the office. So like, just, I am who I am because of my time working with him and the friendship that we have. And that's gone, right? You, you just recently moved on to law school. So, but to take those things that make you who you are into the moment, into the next moment is so crucial for holiness and so crucial to growth in general. And I think people spend so much time like dwelling on things in the past and they feel like you shouldn't feel at a loss when, when Austria ended, you should feel at an incredible gain that like my life is infinitely better because I have gone here. Right. Um, and I know that that's tough, especially because we're humans and sadness is a real thing. And we struggle with change a lot and, and a natural ending of things is, is sad, but like, I'm going to say that last part again, where when something beautiful ends, you should feel at a gain, not at a loss. Right. Because, uh, it's helped you get to where you are now and hopefully you are better now and can be holier in the next moment going forward. What it's making me think of is also the humility of saying that there are people and places and things and experiences that can teach me something and that I can learn and that I can be made better by instead of like, I have something to leave there, but it's, Look what they gave me and look how thankful I should be for what I was given. And the other side of that is the hopefulness of saying, well, look what I gained from there. What else What else is there that I can be learning and experiencing and giving and receiving? But the humility of, of saying there's so much world out there that, you know, I, I don't have it all. And I, I mean... Before you went to Franciscan, you may never have imagined going to Austria and then look at what it was. So how many more undiscovered things are out there? And may, and we'll get into the dangers of being too future-focused, but just to say that there's a humility of being thankful for what has come to you. Uh, I, I think back to... Well, what's that? Well, there's the quote that you... that Not that, not that you... That people say with the... Just, treat everyone that you meet along the road as if he has something to offer you or something that you can learn from him. I, it's like a proverb. I don't that know sounds where about it's from. Right. Something like that. Right. But like approach every situation from a place of humility and saying that like, there is something that this person can offer to me is a much better way to look at life. And just in general, we all know those people. Cause I often am that person. I feel where people are talking and you're just like, okay, when you're done talking, I'm about to blow your freaking mind. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> like shut up so you can listen to me now. Right. And that's tough. Right. And that's a, that's a horrible, horrible quality in a person. And uh, doing my best to work on that. But uh, there's uh, a friend of ours named uh, Juliana. She is a good friend of ours. We've been friends with her for a while. I knew her through the camp, through all the ways that I've known a lot of the people who have been on the show before. Uh, you met her through our friends a couple years ago. Uh, but she gave me, I always say, like, what, you know, sometimes people ask, like, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Received? Would probably be a better word there. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I was, it was my winter break uh, in between my first semester of college and my and second semester of college. I was a freshman and I struggled because I going to school out in Ohio and I had a lot of friends back home. With, I was just feeling really nostalgic for the past of, you know, being in high school and the friendships that I had and was feeling really lonely and things like that. So I found myself not really uh, being present at 
college and I did not like my time at Francis. And you guys, everyone knows who listens to this show, how much I, how fondly I look back on my memories of Franciscan, but that was not the case. My freshman year, I particularly my first semester, I really, really struggled with it. The best piece of advice that this, I probably have ever received. The single advice is uh, from my, our friend Juliana. She said, um, we were like hanging out one night and I dropped her off at her house. And she said, when you, when you go back to Franciscan, make sure to take your heart with you. And again, hallmarky kind of cheesy, but very profound, right? That like, we can't, cause that was what was going on. My heart was in California and it was preventing me from diving into the relationships that were being offered to me at Franciscan. It was preventing me from diving into a relationship with the Lord that was being offered to me at Franciscan because all I wanted to do was be back where I was. And so, yeah, nostalgia, I think can be a vice, right? It can be a weakness if you let it hold you back from being present to what God wants you to do in these moments. Yeah. So shout out to Juliana for that great advice. Yeah. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> big time shout out, just said that you gave me the best advice of my life. <laughs> um, so I do want to circle back. I don't know if we expanded on enough that we may not be remembering the past correctly when we were looking at it nostalgically. Like if you were to look back at Franciscan and just forget how hard that first semester was. Yes, I completely forgot. I'm really glad you are bringing that back up because there's something there for sure. Keep going, <laughs> but you have my approval. Did you just interrupt me to say keep going? <laughs> yes. You have my permission to talk about this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if I can offer my abroad experience, uh, my time in Germany was definitely like this, especially now that I'm no longer playing soccer. I mean, anything that it was going to keep doing, the, the pandemic has kind of put a put its thumb on that. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> 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 um, so I oftentimes can be nostalgic about the culture that was there and the opportunity and the actual playing of soccer. But that time was a very lonely time. I mean, it was, you know, many hours traveling, many rejections and struggling for the language and feeling lonely for missing the people at home. And I mean, how much that I'm willing to overlook because I really like kicking a ball, you know, <laughs> that's reductive, but uh, that there was there were many good things, and I learned a lot and experienced a lot, and there was m a lot of growth and virtue to be had there. But now, I don't remember all of the loneliness. I just remember, man. Well, what if I what if I tried that again, or or anything like that? You know. Yeah, absolutely. We don't look back on things <laughs> correctly. I think we have we romanticized the past, you know, and. And we think back like, oh, you know, to be back in that time, to be back. Because I always think about that. Like, I love my time in Franciscan. But then when I really sit down and think about it, like, hey, do you want to be back in college again? And I'm like, no, I do not want to be. A, I don't want to be a college student again. You know, I don't want to do homework. I don't want to sit in class. I want to teach class and make people listen to me and that assign homework. When you're just feeling nostalgic. <laughs> and when you're when you're feeling nostalgic, would you want that to be reality again? And like, honestly, right? I mean. Because sometimes, yes, I think might yeah. be the answer, but um, maybe a lot of that might cut through a lot of the nostalgia where it's, no, I, I wouldn't want that. And I can be thankful for it and remember it fondly, but I don't need to let it weigh me down because I don't want, I don't want that to be the present and I don't want to be back there either. Yeah. To doubling back to particularly relationships again, too, is they look back when you're lonely on relationships and be like, man, like 
it was good, wasn't it? Like, like it was good. We had something there. <laughs> um, and then all of your, it takes the wisdom of your friends to be like, uh, no, <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, you, you know, and they show you the video that you recorded of yourself um, <laughs> saying how bad it was or whatever, something like that. It's the plot of every sitcom ever. But there's this, you know, the saying that everyone I'm pretty sure knows the devil, you know, beats the devil. You don't right? you're, we're more inclined to be comfortable with the evil that we have experienced and um, understand than to try and take on something else, even if it is smaller. Um, actually, though, ironically, I remember in, in a poetry writing class that I took in college, there was like 11 other people in the class and the teacher, and nobody had heard the saying, the devil you know beats the devil you don't. And I, I thought I was being pranked because I put it in, the, I put it in the, the poem and I was like, oh, yeah, they all know this, right? And I was like, just figure we talk about it. And then somebody was like, oh, I really like this last line, the devil you know beats the devil you don't. And I was like, well, yeah, but like, <laughs> but this is like Shakespeare, like, like uh, we'd rather bear those ills we have than fly to others we know not of. This is to be or not to be. Yeah, and that is a college poetry. I was very, I was very surprised. They had never heard it phrased that way, and I was like, yeah. "This is the strangest day of my life." But huh. um, so you heard it here first. That's <laughs> the Sinner's Take original. The devil you know, beast. The devil you don't. Yeah, yeah, and so thinking about one, my favorite piece of scripture to interpret incorrectly is <laughs> from Matthew. And when, it, it, when uh, Jesus tells them, when you go to a place, stay there until you leave. And I think he literally just means like stay in that home. But I like to interpret it as when you are somewhere, be there, be present there. Because I think he, I think there's a place for that being also what it means. Yeah. You know? There's all, there was a practical sense to it, but <laughs> I do think it, it's advice to, to, to remain in the present, I think. Where else would he have said it that way, you know? He's cryptic, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Tricky but... like that, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and so just something to remain vigilant of is how frequently, how, how willing are you to take your phone out when someone else is talking to you? I think is kind of a good metric to stay vigilant uh of which to stay vigilant um when when we're talking about being in the moment there's a lot that our phones can add to it but there's a lot that takes away and you know this has been said nine ways to sunday is that how you say it uh and uh no six ways to sunday i have no that's what it is i have no idea never heard that before cool well you're pranking me (laughs) um you know, it's not a new thing, but maybe just a friendly reminder to to remain vigilant. As far as virtue being now, what was it from that said, if you don't practice your virtues when they're being tested, they're hobbies? I don't know. Cool. But uh, <laughs> but I remember that. Yeah, it, it's, it's good. one thing to be to think about your virtue, but like Eddie said, to practice it when it is in front of you is when it matters. But Alec, you said we were also going to talk about the future. That was in the past. Forget about it. (laughs) I have a lot of affection for where you talked about in the past that you were going to talk about the future in this episode. (laughs) Yes, I think that uh, we can have a nostalgia for the future and this desire of something that we don't have or even that we will have. I mean, I'm getting married in three weeks and it's really hard to not be focused on that. And but at the same time, after that, I'm also going to move away. So if all I'm thinking about is my marriage, I'm not going to enjoy these last three weeks that I have back at home with my friends and family before I'm leaving. So the I don't know if there's a different word for it, but I'm just going to call it nostalgia for the future and that 
longing is is very it's very easy to fall into and i think that goes again in line with the jealousy of that we might have that in the future and being unsatisfied with where we are because i think to submit ourselves to the will of god is to trust that he has us where we need to be if not where we want to be and desiring something else instead of that his will be done is dangerous. I agree. There's also a quote from John Paul II that says, every human being is born with a nostalgia for God deep in their heart or something like that. And that's a very beautiful quote. And if you break that down, that's it's not what we're talking about. So if you're saying like, they're saying nostalgia is bad and therefore that John Paul II quote is bad. No and no. Uh, it's not what we're talking about. And that quote is very beautiful. If you unpack it, um, maybe we'll unpack it another time. But um I don't know. There's some people on this on this channel probably have heard that quote before, and I really like it. So I don't want people to think I care about that quote so much that I don't want people to think that I don't like the quote because we're talking about this now. Um, so just cover like just getting way out in front of this here. <laughs> and I guess we can just close with this. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the movie About Time. If you have, uh, congratulations. You have been blessed by seeing a very good movie. Uh, an amazing movie. An amazing movie. If you have not, maybe don't listen to this and go watch it uh, because I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And there's not there's not a whole lot of movies that have my like this. There are very few movies of which I would recommend more than About Time. I think it's so, my number three. Of all time? I think so. That's where I think I have it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So yeah, just uh, to... But if you don't care about something being spoiled about it and or have already seen it, the ending lesson from that movie is very good. So the premise of the movie is, and again, last chance if you want to stop this and go watch it. Warning! 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 Oh uh, yeah, the premise of the, the of the the movie is the men in this family can travel back in time, which again sounds ridiculous if you haven't seen it, but it's really profound and it provides as a, as a tool for a lot of profound messages. Towards the end, the main character's dad uh, explains to him what his secret is to like living a happy life, and he says he lives the day, and then he. Uh, goes back in time at the beginning of the next day and lives that same day over again to catch all the things that he misses from like like all the little moments that he was maybe being impatient about and all the little things that make life beautiful that he wasn't focused on in the moment and missed right the little smiles that maybe he experienced with the with a cashier or the little moment with his kids or the ridiculousness of something that's crazy that's annoying that happened but you're like oh my gosh um, but then the main character he says he took that one step further and he says he doesn't even go back to in he doesn't go back in time really at all anymore and instead he just kind of cuts out the middleman and he says every morning when he wakes up he pretends as if he is going back in time to this specific day to experience something good that happened here and then pays attention very closely to everything that the day has to offer for him and i think that we could all learn a lesson from that right to wake up every morning as like this day has something to offer for me and for us those of us who are religious and have a or at least seeking to have a relationship with God to wake up every day and realize that God is offering himself to you today. And he wants to make himself known to you today, no matter what state of life you're in at this point and no matter what you have going on and to approach the day with that, um, open-mindedness, I think can go a long way. Amen. And, uh, we're going to go to Alec with the weather report. <laughs> So your homework is to think about your three favorite days from the past and forget them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Sinister Takes got homework now. So, uh, turn it in on Google Classroom by 11.59 on Friday night. 
Uh, no late work will be accepted. Any Friday night. Any, any Friday night. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's the Sinner's Take. We'll see. You'll hear us in the next one.